concentrate. You got me looking so this was going to become. I don't see how this can work. You're just going to stand there gawking? Yes. You got me looking so crazy. What do you want, Anastasia? This time, no rules, no punishments, and no more secrets. You're the first woman who's tried to save him. Welcome to They Called Us a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called Us a Movie and find us on Twitter and Instagram at TicTamPod. That's T-C-D-A-M-Pod. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation and you could find them at GVNation.com. Welcome back to They Called Us a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hello, everyone out there. Um, I... Coming into this week, um, we'll talk about it later in the episode, but I just want to start out with one thing for you guys. I don't, I've never been more baffled um, by a movie that I didn't know what to expect or why it was baffling me while watching this entire movie. I don't know if you kind of know what I mean. Like, I kept looking at the time going, like, something's got to happen in this movie, right? <laughs> uh, like, it's a movie where the plot never starts. Yeah, yeah, oh. I'm like... I was expecting it to be bad, but I was just confused the whole time. Mm, sure. <laughs> like, but it was like, it's the first time I ever happened in that movie where it's not like, oh, I can kind of see the act structure because we've been watching movies long enough, um, the three of us. And I'm like, I, what is, where's like, to, you know, to use the technical terms, like, okay, where's the rising action coming mm-hmm. in here? Like, nothing happens. It's funny. We'll get deeper into it later. But yeah, um, yeah that was. That was the first thing I was thinking. I was wondering if you guys had the same feeling watching it. Yep. I mean, nothing really happened. But before we get into that movie and what we watched this week, we're going to do a little something a little different. If you follow us on Twitter, you'll know that at the end of every month, we the movie that we picked to watch was actually voted on by our Twitter followers. And we never really talk about it on here, but we decided that makes a lot more sense to kind of, you know, let you guys know what is coming up. So if you're listening to this now, we're going to talk about the movies that we're going to pick for our February movie of the month, which the poll will go up 
if this is Thursday, if you're listening to it Thursday, it'll go up. It, the poll will go up next week. And then after that, we will have an episode. Um, so February movie of the month, we had a hard time picking the theme of the month. Um, obviously, Valentine's Day is here, but we're already doing that. Gerard, you we already figured that out. We already talked about the ugly truth. So we were trying to figure out what to do. Uh, we wound up talking, doing presidents, uh, specifically movies that have presidents in them. Uh, that's really the only, yeah. as as far as the theme really went. So we all picked three movies. Uh, we should just briefly talk about it. Uh, Mark, why don't you introduce yeah. your movie first? Yeah, so um, I chose a movie that falls right into that um curve where uh the low sixes to high fives on uh, imdb and also was one of the uh fabled six vhs's that were mine to own when i was growing up um which is uh the harrison ford thriller air force one um the one that has uh given us many memes from it um but also a movie that i'm on the fence of whether it's too good for our podcast but there is definitely going to be stuff to talk about um in it so i am excited it was, I think, when we first discussed this off-air, the first movie that came to mind for me. Cool. Um, so I uh, decided to go ahead with it instead of second-guess myself. Great. Yeah. Okay. Dan, what about you? What movie are you picking? Uh, I decided to go with a 90s classic, uh, First Kid, with Sinbad. And that's really <laughs> the only reason I picked it. I just figured, you know, that'll be fun. I don't have, I've never seen it. Uh, it's probably going to lose because Air Force One is a juggernaut. <laughs> um but you know what you know if, if it wins it wins and we'll we'll see where it goes but yeah that that's the movie i went with i don't even know if the I, it takes place in the white house i know that but i don't know how much of the president is in it if there is a pre i'm sure there is obviously but i don't know who's who would be the president in that movie spoilers it's sinbad no <laughs> <laughs> i think he's like a secret service agent i'm assuming yeah yeah right? I, I, yeah, yeah okay. i've heard of it yeah Okay. I'm That's pretty sure I'm, I've seen. I'm pretty sure I watched it at least once on VHS, like rental. Um, yeah. So my pick is another movie that I'm pretty sure is just going to get the shit kicked out of it by Air Force <laughs> One. Uh, it's Welcome to Mooseport because once Mark picked Air Force One, I was like, "Well, that's going to win." Because, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Gene Hackman's last movie that he ever did. He retired shortly after this, and he plays the president. Uh, that is also retired. So if you want to watch, make us watch that movie, then vote for Welcome to Mooseport. If you just want to watch, make us watch Gary Oldman with a Russian accent, vote for the one that we all think is going to win. <laughs> I, I so, think it became like we're, we're just picking the runners up now. Yeah, basically, <laughs> um, which is fine because this was also this was a tough pick this this yeah. week. So. Um, happy to watch Air Force. So if you're listening to this on the week or day we drop this, we will be posting that poll somewhere either the 14th or the 15th of February. So check it out and vote for your favorite movie that you want to make us watch. Um, so uh, that with that out of the way, gentlemen, what do you watch this week? Dan, let's start with you. I, I watched a couple movies. Uh, I watched first thing I watched was Cop Shop with uh frank grillo and uh gerard butler <laughs> i knew i knew that movie had him in it <laughs> yeah just hey just because you guys are done with gerard doesn't mean that i'm done with gerard all right 
Yeah, there, there are a couple of choices you could have made if you weren't banned from it for the president's list. For <laughs> George true. Yeah. Several. But... <laughs> Several. <laughs> well, I, I've decided that I'm going to try to watch at least one Gerard Butler movie during February. <laughs> going to keep that I'm sorry. Alive. I'm sorry. What month, Dan? Gerard Okay. Okay. <laughs> going to keep it alive. Uh, and then I watched an actual movie. Uh, Cop Shop's an actual movie. It was okay. It's, it's, uh, you know, just a, your typical action movie, but um, you know, solid, solid movie. But then I watched Nightmare Alley the other day oh. with uh, Bradley Cooper, uh, Willem Dafoe. It, it has a very good cast in it. Uh, with Tony Collette is in it, I believe. Yep. Um, yeah. Is it now? Is it Rooney Mara? Is that who that is? That's Rooney Mara. Yep. Rooney Mara. Okay. I liked it. I thought it was very weird, very twisted in, in certain aspects. Uh, I, I dug the the circus freak show of the 40s and like you know 30s and 40s. It's an interesting movie. Uh, I, I I highly recommend it. I, I saw it was nominated for best picture. So yeah, yeah, pretty good. Uh, quick question. Sure. Did you watch the original? Uh, no, I did not. Okay, that seems to be where the opinion on this movie is splitting from people I know. Is ones that saw the original movie um, from like what the forties or fifties, Aunt? I think I don't even know. Uh, Maybe it's, yeah. I, it might be thirties or forties. Forties, yeah. And you know, everybody that has only seen this movie loves it, and the other one is just doing that, you know, comparison thing. And it's not they don't make them like they used to. Sort of mm-hmm. reply to it. Um, so it's interesting to um, see that you kept that, you know um sort of i was gonna say tradition but it's not a tradition but you know what i mean um between people i know that have and have not watched both versions this uh the the other version the original came out in 1947 yeah almost two hours long that's pretty long for a movie in the 40s yeah 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 one of my favorite things about movies back then is that it's rated past i saw that yeah (laughs) p-a-s-s-e-d yeah it's funny uh mark what about you anything yeah, so um, after you guys talked about it last week, I finally got a chance to watch at least two episodes of um, uh, the Vox Machina, Legend of Vox Machina. Um, I'll say two things about it. First, you're absolutely right. Their voice actors, the voice acting is pretty amazing um, in it. Uh, you know, very easily they are professionally paid actors, so they fall right back into these characters pretty quickly. And I do also agree that there's way too much vomiting um, in, in the episode. Um, I, maybe I'm just not a vomit humor kind of guy. Maybe, um, that's why it, it felt like too much to me. Um, but it just felt like that, um, they needed something, uh, to kind of separate it from, uh, the actual games that were put on there. Um, and that, that might've been a downside to me as someone that probably has watched the campaign one and the other stuff a lot more than, uh, maybe the two of you have. Is just trying to pinpoint the when this takes place and the certain things that are different from the story, um, because they had to put certain characters in that wouldn't have been around at this time and stuff like that. Um, so it's one of those like reading the book and watching the movie sort of thing mm-hmm. um, with it. But I will say this: at the end of the second episode, um, they introduce um, uh, the uh, well, might as well say it's not much of a spoiler because it was throughout campaign one. But they introduce the Briarwoods. Um, and just the introduction to them and the way they're portrayed is exactly how I imagined it and pretty well done. Um, they got every uh, all the aesthetic about them and, and their the carriage driver and all that down perfectly from what, you know, Matt described as the M. Uh, but, 
yeah, it's funny at parts. Um, there's certain things that, you know, maybe haven't aged well um, with some of the characters um, over the years uh, that they had to put in here so that the, you know, the critters didn't get upset um, about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty solid. Uh, I'll, I'll probably watch the whole season, but I think the one thing that'll be, I finally um, had that feeling of someone that has like, like I said, the book to movie thing. I haven't had that much or maybe even at all. And now I know why people are kind of snooty like that <laughs> while watching this. <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, I, I recommend it if you guys, uh, the one thing I will say um, for anyone who plays the indie out there watching um, the battles in this are the best one-to-one that I've seen in any kind of cartoon adaptation of something um, to how a battle would look compared to a, a D&D game. Um, Because everything takes place, you know, within six seconds. So the fact that one person does this while the other one's running to do something else, you know, and just the combo, um, you know, together with it is is probably as good as you'll be able to uh, make that weird, um, like, idea of combat in D&D that you don't really think about because it takes so long when you're playing, um, but how it actually would play out time-wise. But yeah, yeah, I'll give it that. The animation and the fight scenes are great. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see uh, what else they do going forward and hoping there is less vomiting. Okay. I'm pretty sure in the next three episodes there wasn't any vomiting after. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> they released six episodes. I'm pretty sure there wasn't any after that. But I could be wrong. As for me, I watched a few things. I watched Nightmare Alley, which was very solid. There's only one thing that gets into spoilers that kind of irked me about the ending. But um, it was solid. It really good. The cinematography is really good. The acting is really good. Uh, interesting, weird story. Also watched A Quiet Place 2, which was fine. I didn't need a sequel to the first one, but this wasn't terrible. That's really all I got to say about that. <laughs> yeah, it, it get uh, You better prepare yourself for another one then. All right. Is there a third one? Yeah. And I think uh, who's directing it? I think Emily Blunt's directing this one. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then taking uh, taking the baton from Dan last week was watching a whole bunch of Clinton Eastwood movies made me want to watch Clint Eastwood movies. So I watched the outlaw Josie Wells. Where did you see that? HBO Max. Damn it. I got to watch that. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Uh, I that's not one that I've I've gone. I've seen it once. And it's not one that I really frequent, but it's it's pretty good. It's a it's definitely one of his best American made um westerns uh obviously the the man with no name trilogy is still still his best except for maybe unforgiven arguably and then we watched last night the new netflix documentary the tinder swindler i don't know if you guys have heard anything about what it's called the tinder swindler so that's that's a mouthful awesome yeah so (laughs) that sounds like a disney movie yeah so brief rundown of what this is it's a it's a documentary it's a true story of this guy who would meet women on tinder he'd romance them he'd take them out and he's like this christian gray sort of person you know he's got fancy five-star hotels he's got private jets all that jazz whining them dining them 69ing them uh every which way but loose and confirm that last part uh, he's good at what he does. I'm just gonna say that. Credit where he, credits do. Credit where credits do. <laughs> the the guy had a game plan and he saw it out, man. It, it, this it's, sounds like uh, Bill 
was it Bill Paxton's character from um, True Lies? Sure. Where he pretends to be the secret agent. It's like, oh, I have to. We have to leave the country. Give me your passport. Yeah, uh, it's it's not dissimilar to that, but it's 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 a really fascinating story. You really feel bad for the women that because there are multiples. He's done this plenty of times, um, but it's it is brutal. <laughs> And there's really not like not to spoil it. It's not there's not a super happy ending. Um, the com- comeuppance that he deserves. Spoiler alert: he doesn't necessarily get those comeuppance. Wow, <laughs> he gets away scot free. <laughs> uh, not quite, but not what he deserves. I'll say that. I mean, he should probably be in jail for the rest of his life. Yeah, because that's the like... amount that he's done. Like they said, tens of millions of dollars he oh, scammed out of people. Wow, Jeez and Louise. just like. It was like $20,000 at a time, too. Damn. It's fascinating. Yeah, I got to check this out. This this does seem fascinating. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I, I suggest it, too. And it's, and it's not a series. It's a movie. You know how Netflix sometimes is like, hey, we have this really good story. Let's turn it into four episodes. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> Just, a, yeah, give us one episode. Yeah, hour and 45 minutes. That's all it is. Not bad. It's exactly the amount that the story deserves. That's all I watched, I think. I also watched Legend of Vox Machina. I watched episodes four, five, and six. It's it's still good. Um, it's nice and light for me. Like, I just kind of put it on the background and watch it. But yeah, that was my week. So we're going to take a quick break, and you guys are going to listen to some ads, and we will be back in a second. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week is Valentine's Week, so... As we've been doing for the past few years, we've been alternating between Twilight movies and Fifty Shades of Grey movies. So last week, last year, we had Twilight New Moon, and I think we didn't know how good we had it. Because this <laughs> year, we had to watch Fifty Shades Darker, the first sequel in the Fifty Shades series. Gentlemen, where are you coming from with Fifty Shades Darker? Damn. <laughs> oh, man, I was dreading this. I feel like it's been a hundred years since we've watched Fifty Shades of Grey. I remembered nothing, nothing <laughs> of what happened. Like this, basically, it picked up, and I, I was lost. Like, yeah, it was. I, that I was the before times, right? That would have been twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, right before. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because twenty twenty one was Twilight year. Uh, yeah, man. I don't remember. I don't recall anything about this movie. But I, there's one thing I'm pretty sure we all discussed and we all kind of agreed on in the first 50 shades of gray uh they have zero chemistry right we all agree on that yeah okay the that continued that's the only thing i remember that just followed through into 50 shades darker um but this might have the greatest line in cinema history and i think this is something that marty scorsese wishes he would have written you're not putting those in my butt (laughs) (laughs) that's That's peak <laughs> writing right there. I just you keep you just stop what you're doing, all you aspiring writers, movie writers. Yeah. This is you're you're you can't get any better than that. Dakota Johnson saying you're not putting those silver balls in my butt. That's and just... then and then followed up from the great line by him, they're not going in your butt. <laughs> they're not going in your butt. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I messaged you guys earlier and I just I don't understand how you make a movie about you know sex it's essentially sex right this movie is just softcore porn yep i don't know how you make it boring and uninteresting i i i've seen some shit all right i'm (laughs) sure you all know that i'm not talking out of school here i've seen some shit 
I felt dirty watching this movie. Like I was like, oh, I don't want to see this. I, I would fast forward certain scenes. Like, yeah, this is creepy. I don't like this at all. So <laughs> it, somehow you you made me blush. I don't know how, but yeah, this movie hot garbage. All right, Mark, what about you? Yeah. So as I said at the opening, I waited this entire movie for something to happen. Like anything that was some kind of action, like some kind of story or could have progressed into something, was just, like, immediately cut off. Um, like, if you remember in the first movie, they had the big breakup at the end um, because he's controlling about he's Christian Grey. Um, and then they get together in the first five, ten minutes of this movie. And you're like, well, that was all for nothing. Um, and, it, and it's the creepiest way possible because he buys six photos of her um, that some guy put on in an art show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's how they get back together. Oh, how sweet. Um, and then... Uh, they had the whole thing about the girl that was committing suicide over not being with him. And she pops up and I'm like, oh, it's kind of freaky. She's going to pop up. We'll find something out. Then she shows up, uh, has points the gun at her. He comes in, makes her submissive. And then that's it. <laughs> it's like, oh, you built you built this up and then nothing. Like mm-hmm. it didn't reveal anything. Like she didn't tell her something while pointing the gun that we didn't already know or she didn't already know. She even says that. Um and then the helicopter crash. They crash. Everybody gets upset. They're at the bar. And then they get upset. They go watch the news. And then he's back. Yep. And it's like five, ten minutes. And it's I like, hated that scene. At least have him go. They have to go to the hospital. Right? Yeah. right. He just walks <laughs> walks in. He's not the hospital. He's probably concussed. Yeah. But like, no, we won't even get that scene of like everybody around the bed. It's like, oh, my God. Thank God you're all right. Like, yeah. You got to take more than that to stop me. Real quick, real quick. That's the equivalent. So uh, Christian Grey going down in a helicopter and then waltzing back into his apartment. That's essentially if Jeff Bezos did that. If Jeff Bezos's personal plane or helicopter went down, people, you know, there it'd be huge news. He could, he, it would be impossible for him to just go anywhere without being noticed. Yeah, yeah. They, someone would see him like, oh, you know, we we need to talk to him now. This is. This is big news. He's alive. So that's essentially what happened there. He somehow was able to evade everybody in the world. I don't. It, <laughs> Walked yeah. home apparently. <laughs> it was pointless. Yeah. It was a pointless scene. Yeah, and and as I was saying uh, while on the stream with uh, Tom last night, um, I I had to stop the movie to do that at like sixteen minutes left in the movie, and I said, "There's sixteen minutes left in the counter. Five to seven of them are credits." I have no idea what's going to happen in this small amount of time to make like anything have happened in this movie at all. Like there, and and the big reveal is the, you know, the dumb thing that apparently goes into the third movie. Cause I just looked up, you know, real quick, the IMDB summary of the third movie um, at the end, which okay, good. They're going to extend one plot thread from this movie um, into the third one. Um, but yeah, it was like, Holy Christ. And uh, for those of you that are following the podcast and know, um, there's a limit that I put on nudity that I call the Emily Browning and Sleeping Beauty limit, where at some point it just becomes like, all right, she's naked. Like, there's no, it's just as much as if she just had clothes on. Like, there's no like, oh, sexy scene or, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of reaction. It's just, oh, well, OK, there's the go to Johnson's boobs. Yeah, like, it's it, not it just you haven't seen before. Yeah, it just becomes nonchalant um about it um and it's just it's it's just amazing as dan said in his text 
I don't know how you make a movie almost two hours and make it so boring. Um, and they, and they gave you none of that um, thing you see in a second movie, especially in those first couple minutes where they slowly introduce you to side characters again that are in it. Um, I had to like sort of look in the IMDb to sort of remember who people were. Um, like when um, they pop up on the video call, her best friend and Christian's brother. Um, yeah. I thought that the guy was talking about her new boss was his brother. Um, but it's not, it's Christian. And I'm like, I, and then forgot Rita Ora's in this as his sister. Um, and it's just, uh, I don't know. They must've been giving out some good money to get, uh, some of these actors to do this movie <laughs> like there. Cause nothing happens, yeah. um, in, in it. And like, there's nothing to push them. Um, you know, it, it, you know, acting wise in it. Um, I did find one quote while I was able to search Google while watching this cause how boring it was. Um, and they, they make one good point, Jamie Dorn and, and Dakota Johnson, when people talk about their relationship, you know, that there, there's zero chemistry on screen. But people were like, you know, because people had it written down that they were like uh, Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze and sort of like hated each other. Mm-hmm. And Dakota Johnson brings it up. She's like, yeah, it would have been really terrible and awkward if we didn't actually become friends, like right. doing all these scenes together. Like, no, we like each other. Um, obviously, it doesn't translate, but. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. You can't do three movies of all of this very intimate, you know, sit and like hate each other like the rumors were. But yeah, it it's one of those movies where, God, they could if they could have just uh, they could have made something out of it if they just had two characters that were each likable. Neither neither of them are likable um, at all in this movie. I would rather have a movie about the friend and the brother, to be honest. And that's where we'll leave it. Sure. As for me. I think I've gone on record from the last time is like we saw Fifty Shades of Grey, my wife and I, in theaters, and we were completely out of place because neither of us has read any of the books. And we were just like, oh, let's just see what this is, what it's going to be. And we were bored to tears. I think we rolled our eyes more at that movie than any other movie we've ever seen. And this movie is worse. And th- I, I, I mentioned it earlier. I can't wait for next year when we get to do a twilight movie because these are these are bad man these are barely movies it's fascinating just i don't know where i don't know what her motivation is for anything because wasn't the whole drama last year last movie the the idea that she didn't want to be a part of his red room and then all of a sudden through no reason no decisions made by any characters all of a sudden now she's into it um i thought we were going to get another vibrating panty scene for the second time in in as many movies oh, yeah. many weeks <laughs> yeah and that scene from the ugly truth was 10 times more better it was better than that than this movie <laughs> um yeah at least that was it had a little bit of a payoff yeah right this doesn't have a payoff like like mark said there this is a movie without a single payoff every moment of drama is solved because christian just happens to be there and he's also rich yeah yeah it's like oh this your your new boss is about to try and rape you and you ran away guess who's downstairs and guess who knows the ceo so that that little thread is done for now next movie maybe we'll bring it back up or just shit and this is this is the one thing that i kept thinking throughout this whole movie uh regarding the sex scenes 
why does he fuck with his pants on every time? <laughs> he's too busy. He's he's a busy man. Yeah. There are six sex scenes in this movie. Five of them he's got his pants on, and he just kind of unzips the fly. I have no idea why this dude. They fuck in the shower, and he's got his pants on. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what Kim Basinger ta- taught him, I guess. <laughs> Keep your pants on, Mister. And you have sex with me. Yeah. It's like I like it was so. Dist- it was almost as distracting at the of cr- uh, as the Chronicles of Riddick poster at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. that's great! I saw that, that, that uh, what you tweeted, and I was like, I have to keep an eye out for it. That's the only reason I'm watching this movie now. It's center frame, <laughs> and it explains a lot. <laughs> it's center frame breaking up the the shot between the two actors. It's sitting right there in both of their eye lines. It's incredible. I wish someone would have pointed it out. <laughs> like, uh, Anna would have just like, do you really like that movie? Like, how big of a fan were you of the Chronicles of Riddick? <laughs> Are you a Vin Diesel fan? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, the threat of this movie is essentially uh, Anna and Christian argue about something. Christian says, I'm all yours. They fuck. Then... Yep. Something else happens to Anna, and Anna comes crying to Christian. I don't understand you, Christian. Why won't you let me in? And then Christian says, just draw on me with lipstick. And then they fuck. It's just like, every time that... And she falls for it. Every time there's an argument, I'm all yours. It's like, I, I want to open myself to you. Like, like sweetheart, it, you can't change this man. It's, no matter how much you think you are changing him, there's still that deep down... He's kind of sociopathic. Yeah, uh, so he totally sex trafficked Leela, right? Yeah. It, it, heavy vibes. Heavy right? sex trafficker vibes. Yeah, yeah. basically <laughs> what you're saying, Dan, is what uh, Kim Basinger character says. In- right. And like, he, he shows bits and pieces of it, but then he gets very possessive of her again. Like, yeah. all right, man, like, it's... How many times do you need to be... How many, how many red flags do you need? Right. Yeah, yeah. All, all three of the uh, things that were tweeted um from the reviews sum up this movie perfectly and the one that actually made me do a spit take when i read it was the um when will a man who gets off on abusing women who look like his dead mom give me twenty four thousand dollars <laughs> that yeah. perfect explanation of what goes on with an actual thread that happens in this movie <laughs> and every dude in this movie is just a piece of shit oh yeah not a like piece of shit him. <laughs> like besides him like yeah. obvi- he's king piece of shit in this movie, but the the photographer buddy not letting her know that he's yeah. using her likeness that's that's not cool. Yeah. Um, obviously, the rapist boss. Yeah, there there are three people that do not suck in this movie: the brother, her friend, and Rita Ora's character. True. Everyone else sucks. Yeah, I'd rather the, watch a movie about those three. The stepmom is pretty nice too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Be Harden. Yeah. She seems to be kind of genuinely nice. Yeah. yeah. But there's definitely going to be something dark in the third movie about her. I just feel it. How doesn't she know that her best friend was fucking her stepson? Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, I guess she's oblivious. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And why was he, why was she even invited to this party? I, I guess they're still, fr- they're still old friends. They're still oh, friends, man. Kim Basinger really phones it in. Oh yeah, I think she yeah. was a little on the sauce at the in this movie. She, yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised because she's very uninterested. Like everything is uninteresting in this movie, and she's up there. 
she might be in the top three most uninteresting characters because she shows up a couple times and it's just you can't change him anastasia you don't know him like i do you're yeah. a, you're an academy award-winning actress put yep. some put some oomph into it yeah they yeah some agents got a talking to were fired when when this movie got made <laughs> but it, it, it pro- i guarantee you this made 300 million dollars oh least, yeah right Probably oh yeah more. i've got the numbers for that yeah, yeah. but it's just yeah, yeah it, it's yeah it was it was pretty it was just ridiculous the as i said in the beginning this is the first time watching a movie where I'm like, okay, I know this is going to suck and not be great and probably boring, but I was just astonished by how much it was that. Yeah. Keeping with the whole theme of the movie, this is a movie with all foreplay and no, yeah. and no payoff. No payoff. Yeah. It's, it's all, it, everything is the first act. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming the climax is supposed to be the helicopter crash and him walking back in the apartment. I'm assuming that's it. It probably should have ended at the helicopter crash. Yeah. yeah. And that that's how the movie ends. You don't know if he's alive or dead. Right, because he just proposed to her, right? Christian proposes to Anna. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, for some reason, I, I had written down, crashing into an active volcano. What a weird twist. <laughs> I, I was not expecting that to happen. But uh, <laughs> but I wish that that would have been cool. He's stranded. It, it's almost like that movie Alive. Yeah. He has to eat Roz. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the billionaire here. I need to survive. That that is way too true on way too many levels. Oh yeah. <laughs> no 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 one's gonna care if you don't make it out of here. People for, people need me alive. For many reasons the rich white guy would immediately think that in that situation. <laughs> Again, it'd be like if uh, Jeff Bezos crash landed with his assistant and like the assistant's dead. He's dead. Doesn't stand a chance. Yep. He's like, ah, she didn't make it. <laughs> right. Yeah. She died in the crash. Yeah. That that situation would be Ant's dream because then he'd have a chance to finally eat the rich. Yes. <laughs> so, Fifty Shades Darker from 2017. This is only five years ago. Oh, Jesus. Directed, <laughs> directed by James Foley, who directed several Madonna videos, including Dress You Up and Papa Don't Preach. Went on to direct At Close Range, Who's That Girl, Another Madonna Vehicle, Fear, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Confidence, Perfect Stranger, 12 episodes of House of Cards, and the third movie in the series, Fifty Shades Freed. Stars, Dakota Johnson, Jamie Dornan, Eric Johnson, Eloise Mumford, Bella Heathcote, Rita Ora, Luke Grimes, who isn't a country music star, Victor Rasek, Max Martini, Kim Basinger, and Marsha Gay Harden. Has an IMDb score of 4.6 and a Rotten Tomato score of 11%. Budget, $55 million. Box office, $114 million US, $381 million worldwide. Once again, certified hit. It's a lot of middle-aged women. Yep. (laughs) Jilling themselves off in the front row. I was going to say, how many of them yelled at their husbands like, why don't you do that to me? Like treat you like shit? <laughs> or did we watch the same goddamn movie? But you don't look like my dead mother. <laughs> yeah, you want me to fuck you on a pool table? We got rid of it when we had kids. We <laughs> <laughs> it's in the basement. We never use it. <laughs> but yeah, we I think, could. I think this set up a lot of uh, unreal expectations for people. This series but, in general, I'd say. But what? What's the expectation? That's. Is it just the money thing? Is it just I think the, I, like like it, it's taboo? It's the sex thing, even yeah. though it's terrible. That's what the whole thing is. But yeah, it's, maybe it's just like from a man's perspective, it doesn't make any sense because 
it's not appealing to us sexually but like but what's sexy about it like that's the whole thing if this this movie isn't sexy it's got a lot of sex in it but it's not sexy right but you know that's the perfect uh perfect point right we were talking about uh flavor and and heat remember a few days ago how Mm -hmm. heat doesn't necessarily mean flavor yeah that that's perfect example sex does not always equal sexy because it, yeah. it, a lot of the times it's just kind of vanilla sex in this. Well, that's what I, that's, I have that in my notes. For a guy that's supposed to be so kinky, he defaults to missionary with his pants on very often. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I, there are some things obviously that most people probably don't do in their everyday lives in this movie. But yeah, for the most, out of the six scenes, I'd say maybe four of them are probably just regular old, you know, what everybody does in their in their everyday life sex yeah like i i just yeah i just don't see like i i feel like if i could connect with it on the appeal level i would get why this is such a massive hit but i'm just not it's not connecting with me yeah and maybe it maybe i'm not supposed to because i'm not the demographic but i think it's the way the lines are delivered as well uh that there is no passion behind some of the lines like for instance, uh, there, there's a scene where Dakota Johnson is, uh, I guess she's she's getting dressed in lingerie and Christian comes in and is just kind of like looking at her and she just says, so are you just going to stand there gawking at me? Like, if, you, if you say it to me like that, I'm like, well, yeah, you don't sound very interested in it. Just like, uh, now you're making me sound like a creep. Right. Yeah. She's, they bolts just seem very bored. I think yeah. maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's not, again, it's not sex. Yeah. And we're the kings like, of knowing what's sexy. I know, yeah. yeah. You don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> it's just but like there are like some movies that are just like universally like, oh yeah, that's a sexy scene. I can't think of any off the top of my head now. Like nine and a half weeks, I suppose. I don't know. Kim Basinger's in that. But this is just like, man, two people that really don't seem interested in fucking with fucking each other. Real quick, I'm going through my notes here, and I I wrote down honest to goodness notes, like you know, with, oh, my, with actual thoughts, some jokes in here, and then halfway through my notes, I have I hate this times twenty five. <laughs> That's how much I guess maybe I was halfway through the movie, but yeah, it's just like I hated yeah. this so much. Yeah, yeah. It, as I've repeated multiple times, the the brother and best friend seem to be having a lot more fun and like each other a lot more than Christian and Anna. And yeah. I would rather watch them for two hours. Yeah. Are they and the ones that adventures? go on vacation? Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to see them in tropical locations. I don't want to see them in Seattle. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> completely... They both personify their locations. The other two, <laughs> totally beach people, totally vacation people. Christian and Anastasia are both just Seattle people. Yeah. Like, constantly in rain slickers and umbrellas. <laughs> So, so some would some would say they were probably more um, attracted to Forks, Washington, than Seattle. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If this was Beauty and the Beast, they all got turned into pieces of furniture. Like yeah. she'd be, she'd be a coat hanger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really good. <laughs> she, really, yeah, she would, they wouldn't have partaken in the uh, the end fight with the the villagers. You think? Now they'd be useless. <laughs> and I like Dakota Johnson. Like yeah. she, you know, she took down Ellen. 
She did. Yeah. I remember that. And she she called That's her great. out, right? Yeah. yeah. And I've seen her in other things where she's not bad. It's and she's carrying this movie because he won't even show his ass. Yeah. Just just it happens once, ass. maybe. Was that? I, I said it just happens once. I think. I think and it might not be his ass. I think it's yeah. body double. There was parts that I was like, man, he must be a never nude because like there are shots of like his chest where you don't see his face. That always says to me, that's a body double. An insert yeah. shot. That ain't him. Um, yeah. That ass is definitely not his. Because if that was ass was his, he'd be walking around pantsless all movie. Yeah. That was, that was God tier ass. Yeah. It was another <laughs> line I found while doing research on it is that you know they asked her if why she didn't use a body double and she's like well i would have been it would have been a cop out taking this role and then doing a body double like pretty brave yeah i'm like i was like that that's that's a quote from a of a woman that's like a veteran of hollywood like her parents or you know and it's sort of like i knew what i was getting into that's why i took the role right you know sort of uh thing and yeah, like there's so many people that are really good actors and are somehow not even close to being good in this movie. You know why he probably had a body double ant? Why? He's sub six. He's a sub sixer. Oh, no. Yeah, he's 5'10". He's probably got like flat, just a flat white guy ass, really. <laughs> flat British white guy ass. Like Hank Hill style. <laughs> yeah. Like a frog butt. <laughs> oh man that's uh, yeah could be <laughs> he's from, he's from northern ireland so i don't i don't know if the irish are known for having fat asses <laughs> <laughs> he ain't got no cake who should have gotten jean claude van damme for this role yeah. <laughs> oh i would have loved to have seen that him doing splits on the pool table yeah i one thing is i hate how nonchalant everybody is about how rich and how young christian gray is yeah. Because it's so, it's not realistic. He's twenty-seven billion, is twenty-seven-year-old billionaire, and it. And the news report says he's one of the youngest billionaires in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> like, so he's not even the number one. You can't even make that definitive statement. Yeah, the, there's, there's the youngest billionaire in Seattle. Yeah, there, there's there's some kid doing unboxing videos. I was in Seattle. just thinking that. <laughs> That's fucking great. That's a good one, Mark. Yeah. You guys want to get into the plot? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, All sure. Right. Dan, what do you got? Uh, okay, so just going to give a quick shout out to our friends Tia and Brittany from Geek Vibes Nation. Tia is the head writer, and Brittany is her co-host on a couple of podcasts. I think they're they're kind of bringing back the top 10 with Tia. Uh, they have, from what I've heard, they have a few different podcasts. But if you go over to Geek Vibes Nation, gvnation.com, search uh, Tia, you should be able to find uh, a bunch of her her work. So go check them out. They're a lot of fun. Good friends of the podcast. Uh, Brittany also streams on Twitch at Itty Bitty Brit. Uh, she plays a variety of games. She's great. So much fun. Good people. Go check them out. Okay, great. And we are going to take a quick break. And you guys are going to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. And we will be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. 
Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you could tell him about the time I kicked your ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into plot four, 50 Shades Darker. We open on Christian Grey having night terrors of his abusive father, and then credits. And then we cut to Anastasia Steele opening her apartment door to a delivery of white roses with a note from Christian Grey wishing her good luck on her new job. After considering to throw them out immediately, she thinks better of it. She goes to her job and she's working as an assistant to some other handsome dude. And he's getting her he's getting her tea in the morning for some reason, not the other way around. And she mopes around Seattle while her party-loving friend is down in a tropical location with her boyfriend. Her mom calls her and tries to find out what happened between her and Christian, but she tells her something vague and just blows it off. And then at work, Anna gets ready to leave and she talks over some manuscripts that she read through. Because she's working as some sort of book publisher, but her boss pays special attention to her walking away. That's foreshadowing. Anna goes to an art gallery opening for her friend Jose, the photographer, and it turns out that a massive amount of them of his work are portraits of Anna, unbeknownst to her. Jose, it's, it, it's the first of many, many creepy things in this entire movie. Yeah, that occurs. It's just called this red flags. Yeah, gotta <laughs> yeah. gotta watch who you hang out with, girl. Don't don't you think yeah. he would have to go get her permission for this? Right? And he's selling images of her, is he not? Yeah. I mean, he's probably like, you ain't going to sue, bitch. I'm going to do what I want. Well, then I'm a man. <laughs> well, then Christian Grey comes into the picture, right? He That's when you yeah. start to get a little nervous because he, he can do some shit as he you know, mm-hmm. winds up doing later in the movie. Jose explains that if he had told her, she wouldn't have said yes and that she's too shy. And someone up and buys all the portraits of Anna. And guess who? It's Christian, who shows up. As soon as he said he someone bought all six photos, I'm like, fuck, here's where he shows up. No, I may be imagining it, but he looks worse in this movie. <laughs> I don't know. This, the years between these two first two movies, I feel like not super kind to Jamie Turner. He's still objectively a good looking guy, but... You know, he went, he went through some shit. Yeah. He tells her that he doesn't want strangers gawking at her and he wants to take her out to dinner. She agrees, but says it's just dinner so they could talk. They leave the gallery and at the first alley they get to Christian backs Anna against the wall and starts aggressively kissing her, but she pushes him away. And then they go to dinner. Christian tries to order for her, but she tells the waiter what she actually wants. Then when the waiter leaves, Christian tells her he wants to get back together and to renegotiate the terms of their contract. Oh, Anna the says, fucking contract in the first movie got over. Yep. Anna says no, because shit got dark with him the last time. And he says he's working on it. But he's vague about that, and I don't really think he's working on it. And she says that they can't work if he's going to be mysterious. Like, real quick, ladies. Yep. When we say we're working on it, that means we're not working on it. Yeah, we're literally just biding ourselves time, so we just get our claws in. Yeah. And that you're just, it's just too late at that point. We're going to pretend to work at it for a good, yeah. a good two weeks. 
and then once like because that's like once we know that you're like okay yeah he has worked on it then it all comes crumbling down and just not all at once but then we start bringing it back a little by little you know like almost making you it's like gaslighting right making you second guess Uh, yourself no i mean gaslighting is a little more specific but this is kind of like like the analogy is like when you're when you throw a frog into a pot of boiling water, yeah, if if you throw it in and it's already boiling, it's going to jump right out. Right. But if you put the pot, the the frog in there before it boils, and then you slowly raise the heat. Oh, it doesn't. You'll cook it. Yeah, it doesn't realize. Yeah, yeah, that's the sort of thing. Because as we as we found out from last week's movie, the ugly truth: men can't change, and they won't. They can't. They're incapable of changing. Incapable. That is right. See, Gerard Butler, he. He should have been in Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> so, so is um, is Jerry Butler's character just Christian Grey without money? <laughs> I guess, yeah, but with a cool accent. Mm-hmm. I think that makes up for. It. Yep. So he tells her that his birth mother was a crack addict. So then they agree to new terms, basically a relationship without rules and everything on Anna's terms. So he takes her home and gives her a gift that's no strings attached. And they make out outside her apartment and leave it at that. She opens the gift and it's a MacBook and an iPhone, even though he has a Android, which is weird. <laughs> so, so, couldn't buy two. <laughs> <laughs> so she uses the phone to text Christian embarrassingly, ending the text, Laters, baby. I'm going to say that one again. So she uses the phone to text <laughs> Christian, embarrassing. <laughs> so she uses the phone to text Christian, embarrassingly, ending the text, Laters, baby. And there's some mysterious woman staring up at Anna's window from the street. At work, Anna has a conversation with the HR woman, Liz, and winds up in a weird conversation with Liz and her boss, Jack, about going for drinks at a local bar. Jack invites Liz, who tells him she can't, and then he invites Anna and tells her to bring her plans with her when she says she has prior engagements. Anna leaves work, and that mysterious woman calls out to her by name, but Anna doesn't know her. But then Jack comes out and ushers Anna in the other direction to the bar, and the girl disappears. At the bar... Jack tells Anna that he was impressed with her notes on the manuscript she recommended. And Christian walks in and immediately goes back to his old ways, acting all jealous boyfriend on the boss, ushering Anna out of the bar immediately, even before she gets to drink one sip of that beer. She tells him that he needs to relax, especially when it comes to her boss. And then she takes him grocery shopping, which may be the first time Christian has ever set foot in a safe way. She buys him a generic vanilla ice cream for his troubles. At her apartment, they prepare dinner together, and she says she wants to take it slow, And then he asks about her new job, but not about how she likes it, but more about how the company is managed. And she realizes he's planning to buy the company. And she gets mad at him or for interfering with her life by becoming her boss's boss's boss. And she gets turned on by it for some reason. And she totally reneges on what she just says about taking it slow. And then they fuck. Yeah. One thing about the dinner scene is that um, by the way, he's cutting up that pepper or whatever he's cutting. I I am pretty sure that he's not a, uh psychopath murderer so that's good for anna yeah he has never picked up a knife before in his life <laughs> I, I just realized dorian uh, christian gray is a boring batman he's a he's a boring bruce wayne because <laughs> sure in, in in some of the batman movies bruce buys random things right for no reason yeah so for instance in batman begins he goes swimming with these two supermodels in a in the the hotel pool when there is no pool and the guy, the, the waiter says, hey, you know, they're not allowed to swim there. There's rules against it. And he says, well, I'm buying this hotel. I'm going to change the rules. He's just like, I, I just want to buy this because you work there and I'm very possessive. Like, yep. like that's, you're, 
that's not how you be a billionaire. Be be cooler, goddammit. <laughs> then after sex, she says the words kinky fuckery in earnest. And as they sleep, it looks like their mysterious girl may or may not be in the apartment. In the morning, Anna tries to return a check for 24 grand that Christian gave to her. He refuses, so she rips it up. So then he calls his assistant, and he has to tr- he has her transfer $24,000 to Anna's, Anna's bank account, which means that, he has her banking information. Yeah, I was going to say, and that number is also so specific. That, yeah. that, that had to mean something in the book, I'm assuming. I but know. I shouldn't assume anything with uh, someone who based their their books off of being fan fiction of another terribly written book. Yeah. So. Yep. So they go to breakfast and he invites Anna to a ball that his parents are throwing. And then she sees the mysterious girl across the street. And he gets weird and said they should leave. He brings her to a hair salon where he starts pushing his weight around to get her appointment. And he says hello to Kim Basinger and kisses her on the cheek, which causes Anna to get mad. She confronts him about the fact that this is the woman that abused him as a teenager. And he admits that he has taken several subs to the salon for her approval. And she asks if the girl following her is one of his old subs. And he says that they'll talk about it back at the apartment. So they go back to the apartment and he shows her a folder of the girl that's been following her. She was a sub for, for Christian for two years ago and she wanted more. So she left, found a husband and then became a widow and then tried to kill herself in front of the housekeeper an eventful two years to say the least. And he's then she asked, he's kind of like yeah. he, he shrugged it off pretty well. Yeah, I I was questioning whether or not that whole story is true. Just by the fact the timing of it, yeah. like. Two years, all of that happened. So why wouldn't he just say mm-hmm. that? Like, yeah, it's kind of bullshit. No, I'm saying that this is the story he's making. Oh, gotcha. Out. Okay, yeah. So that gotcha. Yeah, I feel like uh, she was his sub not that long ago. But maybe that's just me reading things. Then she asks to see the file that he has on her, and Christian unwillingly lets her see it. And it's as creepy as you think because it's a file of all her personal details. After all, so having a file of all the personal details of people you're dating is not cool let's just yeah, go this, yeah. this would be the time when i would leave yeah and she tells him it's creep okay oh, i was gonna say at, at what point does it become gold digging for for anna I, you know like because you put up I, with a lot and like well he's a billionaire so my life should be a little easier you know what i mean like if you if he was charming like you'd give her a little more leash right i i would say so yeah like if there he showed some semblance of humanity yeah but but he's He's not charming at all. He's not. He's, he's just rich. He's, gray's the perfect name for him because he's just gray. His emotions, his his way of doing business is just very gray. Like, yeah, it's just there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then she tells him it's creepy, and she says that he is not trying to have a relationship with her. He's trying to own her, and tells him that she's annoyed that she can't touch him. So then he makes her connect the dots with the, his chest scars with lipstick, and then tells her those are his boundaries. And they have sex. After sex, a hairstylist comes to the apartment to get her hair and makeup done up. Then as she gets dressed, he puts a pair of silver balls up her vagina. Not in her butt. <laughs> Not in her oh, butt. Man, the, the, the earnest in, in which she said that. I'm not putting those in my butt. I, I did laugh a little bit because I was expecting her to say ass and butt is just a funny word. <laughs> right. Like This is a rated R movie, obviously. Say ass. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She was she was more saying that towards the director, not Christian Grey. <laughs> the director's like, you have to. It says it in the book. It goes in your butt. <laughs> and then they're off to the ball at Christian's parents' house, which happens to be a masked ball. We see his mom, and they sit down in time for the auction. The first lot of the auction is a weekend at Christian's Aspen house. So Anna bids the twenty four thousand dollars that Christian gave to her that she didn't want in the first place, and she winds up winning. 
Christian says that he wants to spank her. So they go to his childhood bedroom and he ties her hands and spanks her. And then they fuck. If for a second there, I thought they went home. And in my head, I was like, did they wear their mask all the way home? (laughs) (laughs) And for a guy that's supposed to be so kinky and into weird shit, he certainly defaults to nearly fully clothed missionary an awful lot. Is this when they have the they start in the shower? No. No. Okay. The shower is towards the end. Because there's a scene. It made me laugh so fucking hard. And I don't know why. But you you went over the scene where uh, Christian has Anna draw a line around his body in lipstick. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where they're they're getting ready to to do it, and the lipstick is still on him, and mm-hmm. it made me laugh so hard because I thought, why wouldn't that have been? Why wouldn't they have gotten rid of it by now? It's been however <laughs> long. Why is it still there? This is something. Yeah. This is something that should have been done, and it it made me laugh. I don't know why, but. It, I just saw it and like, this is so fucking stupid. It's weird. It's weird because they get dressed for the ball. (laughs) Like you would think that that would have been part of his, his preparation. It's like, oh, well, I should really get this lipstick off of me. That's what I'm saying, right? Like the the point (laughs) of the scene is done. We don't need the lipstick there anymore. Yeah. So they go back to the ball and Anna goes to the bathroom and Elena, Kim Basinger, joins her in the bathroom to tell her that she isn't right for Christian. He needs a woman that he can own. So Anna storms off and tells Christian she wants to go home. Christian takes her back to his apartment and security detail sees that Anna's car has been vandalized in Christian's private garage and then takes her to his boat and they shower together and she washes off the lipstick. Yeah. So, so going back to the car, I am not convinced that it wasn't set up by Christian to have that car destroyed and it wasn't the crazy girl. It could have been mm, interesting, right? Like, Why not yeah. just to show, oh, you need my protection. Yep. Yeah. Or that girl's crazy next time she sees her. That bitch crazy. Well, I mean, that girl did does prove the point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, in a good movie, it, <laughs> the 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 first confrontation would have not been with a gun. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um. And I have note: Is Jamie Dornan and Jennifer nude? Because whenever he has a shirt off, he's usually obstructed by Dakota Johnson, and any shots of his chest seem to be insert shots, which leads me to believe that these are body doubles. In the morning, Anna asks about Christian's birth mom. He says that she overdosed and that he was there when it happened. And then we montage Christian teaching Anna how to drive a boat as Zane and T. Swift's I Don't Want to Live Forever plays. The next day at work, Anna's I, boss- I had to, I, sorry. Um, I had to Shazam that because I'm like, is, is that T. Swift in this? <laughs> like, I guess the timeline would be right. Yep. The next day at work, Anna's boss asks her if she booked their rooms in New York for the book convention, and she didn't realize that she was expected to go with him. And her boy's boss gives her shit for dating a billionaire, but not because billionaires shouldn't exist, but because now he thinks Anna is a gold digger. It's more so Anna that text- he can't bang her. Yeah, yeah. Anna texts Christian to tell him she has to go to New York, and they have an argument over text until he says they'll discuss it later. She goes to his apartment, and Christian is busy with work, so she wanders into his sex dungeon to have a look around. He comes in and she starts asking about all the things in the room, nipple clamps, some leg things. But Christian says that the last time she saw this side of him, she didn't like it. And she says this time is different. I'm not sure what is different this time, but I guess it is because she said so. Yeah, that's the only thing that's different. (laughs) So he takes her into the bedroom, straps those leg restraints on her, and then they fuck. And again, he doesn't take his pants off. (laughs) It's it's like uh, sometimes in uh, adult videos they keep they keep their shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Just take everything off. Be, be yeah. normal. It's Man, just, that that's what foot videos are for. Yes, like, but it's just it's very distracting. 
like if it happened once, it's like, okay, well, he's yeah, fine. But several times he just just takes his dick out of his pants and fucks. Yeah. But like it's everything, like it's still like he's still buckled. <laughs> it's like <laughs> like he didn't even bother to undo his belt. You're gonna ruin those pants too. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Dry clean only, man. Yeah. People are gonna start asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's calculus, man. At work the next day, Anna tries to tell her boss that she made plans that she can't change, so she's going to have to decline the trip to New York. He tells her that he thinks she has potential, but he doesn't want to waste his time with someone that doesn't take her job seriously. And then he tries to rape her, saying that if she's going to fuck her way to prominence, shouldn't she want to fuck someone that can make her smarter and not just richer? That's not how fucking works, by the way. She goes to work the next day, and the unofficial word is that Jack resigned abruptly. So they ask Anastasia to fill in for Jack at the editor's meeting. She does, and she has the brilliant idea of taking on a writer that already has a large online following, which is so novel of her. (laughs) Really thinking outside the box there. (laughs) And they decide to give her Jack's job on a temporary basis. Uh, 100% that uh, Christian has something to do with that. Does she goes. Does no one see see the connection there? Right. No one gets that. She does. She was. <laughs> I a se- I, listen, I don't. I'm not trying to speak down on secretaries at all. But she was a secretary. Now she is the. She's running the company. Yeah. It's kind of a kind of fishy, I would say. No, she's she's running a department. The she's the fiction editor now. Okay, that's still a pretty big jump. That's, that's an incredible job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She goes to dinner with Christian and she asks if he had anything to do with it. And he says, no. So, Mark, you're wrong. (laughs) Christian, great. Trustful young man. (laughs) If we learn anything from one and a half movies so far through this plot is that he can be trusted. Yeah. And then she then he asks her if she came to a decision regarding moving in. And she says yes. In the most noncommittal, noncommittal way possible. So Christian then tells her to take off her panties. And she does. Then after dinner, they get into an elevator with a bunch of other people, and he fingers her loudly in the elevator, but somehow no one seems to notice. How do not these people not see? I wonder if it's one of those things where they, they do, but they kind of have to keep it on the down low. It's like, oh, it's, it's Christian Grey. Like, you know, we can't really draw attention to yeah. it. Or she, you know, it's like if that happens regularly at that restaurant <laughs> or wherever they're at. Possibly. Like, I mean, oh man, another girl's getting fingered in this elevator. Why do we keep coming back here? <laughs> Just take the finger elevator to the second floor and, uh... <laughs> like, that's be crude, but there's going to be bodily noises that they didn't put into the sound, into the uh, the sound design that they're probably going to hear. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's uh, just also unsanitary. Yeah. You know, there's a few things wrong with that situation, but, you know, I- I'm just, you call me old fashioned, but. And they're like, they're right up against each other, too, everybody. Like, that's a tight, tight elevator. <laughs> well, I don't know. I have nothing for that. It's <laughs> I, I, Again, I think it's one of those, as Mark alluded to earlier, the uh, the fanfic. Mm-hmm. So the author was like, yeah, this could, this could totally work. I don't know if it's digging into their mind. You know what Maybe. I mean? But that's a, that's a interesting idea you had there. Low passive perception is what is what we're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> they make it back to the apartment and are about to fuck, and he gets a call that he has to take. So she wanders the apartment again and finds a billiards room. And when he comes in, she tells him now he has to wait. And they play a little game for some pretty low stakes. If she wins, he he takes her to the red room. If he wins, it's his choice. 
and wasn't the whole drama of the first movie that she didn't like that side of him. Like, what the fuck are we doing here at this point? Yeah. But apparently she's very good at pool, but so is he. But she scratches at the end and she loses. So he's going to be really rough with her. And then they fuck right there in the pool table. And he doesn't take his pants off again. And it's not that rough. No. It's like he just pushes her down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I guess that's rough. Yeah. Maybe he went in dry. Ooh. Oh. So no one enjoys it. Uh, no Vaseline. <laughs> now question. Are those silver balls still in there? We don't see them get taken no. out, right? They, we do get okay. we do see them get taken out. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't recall because I could just like, hey, like you know, you're supposed to take those out. Like you can get a really bad infection. <laughs> They're pickled now. Ah, <laughs> <Aww>, boo! <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, she starts trying to clean up the mess Jack left behind at work. Now she has an assistant. Later, they go to her apartment for her to retrieve a few things, which is like a $3 toothbrush. I don't know why she made the trick all the way back there for that. But when she's there, the girl that's been following her, Leela, is there with a gun. Leela says that Anna isn't giving Christian what he wants, and he's just pretending. And the Christian comes in and commands Leela to kneel and takes the gun from her. What kind of fucked up manipulation do you have to do to have that kind of power over someone for two years after you've broken up with them? And has Leela been trafficked? I think the answer is yes. It's debatable. Christian, very least. Yeah. She she has the look of sex trafficked, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so, right? Because she's really, she looks broken. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the kind of look you get from just seeing some horrific stuff. Yeah. Christian tells Anna to go wait for her, for him in the car, but she gets upset and she walks off and then she just keeps on walking. She walks around Seattle for three hours and comes back after Christian has had people searching for her the entire time. They argue about how he treated Leela and how Anna will never be able to give him that level of obedience. So he says he doesn't need it and then kneels like a submissive. Then he tells her that he isn't a dominant. He's a sadist that gets off punishing women that look like his mother, which is better, I suppose, (laughs) according to him. (laughs) The, the The next words out of her mouth should have been, look over there. And then run away. <laughs> yeah. Christian then lets Anna touch him in his no-no place, which is his chest. <laughs> and they fuck. His no-no place. <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> I don't know why. That's so funny. I'm sorry. In the middle of the night. <laughs> Caught me off guard. In the middle of the night. <laughs> In the middle of the night, he starts having a bad dream and she wakes him out of it and he tells her he wants to marry her, but she thinks he's still dreaming. In the morning, he she comes into Christian's gym to see him working out on a pommel horse, which is kind of weird. He just has that. Now, you know, it would have been hot if he started flipping around on that pommel horse. I, that I was like, sexy. I was waiting for it. I was like, where's the where's the stunt double to do like the whatever you call them? Gymnastics. The, the routine, the horse, the pommel the horse. The gymkata. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect dismount. Yeah. Later, Christian's sister calls Anna and asks her what she should get Christian for his birthday. And Anna didn't even know it was his birthday coming up. And then apparently his parents are also throwing him a big party. So is that red flag five or six in this movie? The right. The fact that he yeah. never told her his birthday? Yeah, I would say. She meets up with Christian and she asks about his birthday and the party. And he mentions that he's going to Portland for business. So they have a kind of back and forth while he's there. She's saying that she's going out for drinks and then doing business. After the trip, Christian flies his helicopter back home with the co-pilot and somewhere over Mount St. Helens, the engine blows and the helicopter crashes into the forest, much to the delight of John Landis. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anna goes to the bar with some friends, and as they catch up, her roommate's boyfriend, who is also Christian's brother, which I completely forgot about, gets a call that says Christian's chopper went down and he's currently missing. Family I think this gather- was the moment I remembered too, because he says he says Mia into the mm-hmm. phone. I'm like, wait, why would he know Mia? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was just confused that he was he was the one that got the call. I was yeah, like, why is this guy getting the call? Yeah. The family gathers at Christian's apartment waiting to hear any news and they hear over the news that Christian was found alive. And then Christian walks through the front door as if he shouldn't be at the hospital right now. And then they yeah. have, he tells everybody about what happened and then everyone leaves, he tells yeah. him it's still his birthday and she should open the gift that he should open the gift that she got for him. Which somehow was not destroyed. <laughs> I guess he would have taken it with him to the helicopter. Probably not. He opens it and it's a keychain, but on the back she's written yes saying that she wants to marry him. And then they fuck in the shower and he's still wearing his fucking pants. <laughs> well, to be fair now, he just... He, to be fair. <laughs> he walked from a helicopter crash all the way home. Maybe he just wasn't thinking about taking his pants off. So he, right, because he's, he's, he's concussed, concussed and he's probably not going to make it through the night unless he seeks medical attention. <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> I mean, I like I haven't been in a helicopter crash, but I feel like having sex is probably the last thing I would be thinking about that night. It's like I probably just want to get some sleep. <laughs> well, then she like, what would she get upset about it? But Christian, come on, we, we have to celebrate. God, fine. <laughs> then she tells him she wants to take her to the red room, too. So he's got to go through this whole pomp and circumstance. She, she she's, trying, does. she's trying to fuck it out of him, I think. Right. Yeah. Fuck that concussion. <laughs> That's that's how it works, right? <laughs> I mean, that's a better plan than the NFL had for 50 years. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, so he does. He blindfolds her and restrains her. And then they fuck with lots of oil. And finally, he takes his pants off. I've never thought I would care so much about a guy <laughs> keeping his pants on. But here we are. It, it really does. It, it is distracting. I agree. It, it's such a small detail. Just like, but it's every time. And if they only had like two sex scenes, it wouldn't be a big, big deal. But there are like six or seven sex scenes in here where he keeps his pants right above his ass. You know, he doesn't pull them down. It's not like they're down around his ankles, or like down past yeah. his knees. And he's fucking and I'm making a whole big deal about it. He's unzipping and taking his dick out and fucking her. Yeah, yeah, I maybe that's it. That's the whole move. His his shirt's still tucked in, his tie's probably still on. It's gotta be something with him, right? It's gotta be something with the actor and not no. It's just weird. I I don't have an explanation for it. Yeah. Maybe the body double has a very distinctive tattoo that Jamie Dorn does not. It could be, (laughs) yeah. And he's got a mole there or something. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe Jamie Dornan has a tattoo that they would feel like, oh well. Christian Grey wouldn't have that tattoo. That's a good point. It's very possible. Mm-hmm. Either way, I don't know. It's just, it's just so odd. it's just such an odd choice. Yeah, such an odd choice. It's something that could have really been taken care of. Yeah, but for a movie that has made that seems to have made zero choices, it's a weird one to have <laughs> hung your hat on. Right. That's that's the that's the one you stick by. <laughs> Christian Grey fucks with his pants on. <laughs> Quite the character development. <laughs> This time he's doing it without his pants. Ooh, spicing it up a bit. That's that's what it means by Fifty Shades Free. Uh, you know what? Maybe it's cold. <laughs> he's got bl- bad circulation in his legs. <laughs> yeah, it's Seattle. I mean, it gets cold there, obviously. He's frugal. <laughs> that's why he's a billionaire. Like, who turned up the thermostat to 70? <laughs> it's like uh, wool lining in those pants. <laughs> 
he needs it to be he doesn't he needs it to be cold fucking he needs it to be uh, like it's like alaska fucking can't you can't have miami fucking it'd be hot and sweaty yeah uh so they fuck with lots of oil and later after the sex she calls her mom and tells her that not only did she get back together with christian they're getting married and christian and anna go to his parents party and elena is there Christian makes a speech and takes the opportunity to announce that he and Anna are engaged, much to the light of everybody except Elena. Later, Elena corners Anna, telling her that she's not right for him, so Anna throws water in her face. Christian shows up to tell Anna that she doesn't know what he wants. She only taught him how to fuck, not to love. And Christian's mom overhears this and orders Elena out of her house and slaps her for good measure. Then Christian and his mom have a talk while Anna goes to his childhood bedroom and sits among his chronicles of Riddick poster. And then he comes to tell her that they're getting rid of Elena from all the businesses and brings her to the pool to properly propose to her with a ring. And everyone celebrates with fireworks as Jack looks on from across the lake menacingly. Why is he there? And that's the end. How did he? He's like, he snuck into the the ball, the ball, the masked ball. Oh, did he? Because he stole the picture. Oh. Yeah. I was going to say, how did he even find out about this? I don't know. I don't know why he's... Yeah. Stepmom just I guess we'll find out. Everybody. I guess we'll find out in two years when we gotta watch the last one of these. Oh boy. Thank God there's only one more. Man. And they they didn't split it into two goddamn versions. Yeah. And that yeah, this this is bad. Oof. I don't get the appeal. It's just boring. Yeah. Yeah. One thing um on the fence about it, I was just looking up when you mentioned um we finally mentioned Kim Basinger's character's name. Um I was wondering if they had done something in this movie where they all the women connected to Christian Grey have like Russian first names, but I can't figure out if Layla is Russian or not. Uh, there's Elena, Anastasia. Oh, uh, well, Layla is spelled L E I L A. I'm looking it up. It's like, it says it's middle Eastern Persian, mm. but that could be partially Russia. I don't know, but sure. yeah, it just, when you said Elena for Kim Basinger's character, I was like, Hmm. But then again, I shouldn't have trusted this movie to actually have a through line of a, uh, of anything for Christian Grey besides just being boring. Mm-hmm. You know what this is? This is this plays the way... I don't know if you... Mark, you might have seen this, Ant. I don't know if you have or if any of our listeners have. But there's an Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode where Dennis tries to get his uh, erotic novels uh, into a film. He tries to make a film out of his erotic novels. And essentially, his erotic novel is the guy he was coming in and telling the woman to shut up because words, uh, women's mouths are not for talking, they're for entering. And that's essentially <laughs> like what this movie, like this series is. Like she, she tries to say something like she's worried and then he just tells her, no, everything's fine. And they fuck. That's, yeah. that's, that's the plot of this movie. I'm worried about something. No, everything's fine. Bang. Just re- right. reset. Oh, there's someone else here that, you know, might cause us a problem. Don't worry, I'll handle it. Bang. It, it's such a boring plot. Yeah, I'm, I guess, if I had to sit down there and analyze it, it's like, I guess Anastasia really doesn't have a whole personality, so she's kind of like, you know, people can project themselves onto her in terms of book form anyway. So someone could put themselves in the shoes of her... And then, like, guess Christian, you know, the being able to wine her and dine her and again, 69 her uh, all over the world. But they never really leave Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's appealing for the fantasy aspect of it. And I wish if like he was more charming and likable, 
I could see the fantasy aspect, or is it just the whole fact is like, oh, I could change him, like that old stereotype thing. It's like he just needs the right woman to come along to change him and break him from his trauma. Yeah. Is that appealing to someone other than like, as opposed to a guy that's super suave and wants to fuck you in uh, in on the Greece the Greek islands? You know, right? I I hate <laughs> I hate how the rest of his family is super nice. And he's just so boring because Mark's right. I'd rather watch the uh, the other couple, you know, going about just gallivanting around the world. I want to see what the, this guy's a billionaire. I want to see him flex that money, you know, not just, yeah. oh, I have a helicopter and I, I can, here's $24,000. Like, yeah, okay, any billionaire could do that. I just want to see you do crazy outlandish shit. You're a sex, uh, a sex fiend. Do some crazy shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, get into like don't banging on the pool table. That's not crazy, right? Like take her to some weird sex party in Amsterdam that she's yeah, like yeah. that's like way too much like for someone that's not into it. It's like all right, I did not to see need to see that guy that's dressed like a baby with a leash around his neck <laughs> getting ridden by two six foot two German dominatrix women. <laughs> <laughs> That's very specific. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, you know, just off the top of my head, um, that would be crazy. Just learn something about it. Yeah, you know what? We all got our thing, and that's mine specific. You know what? I was gonna say we're not gonna shame anyone. No, here. not at all. That's not what we're about. <laughs> I, I think you're right, though. It's it's for a, a series about uh, BDSM and trauma. It, it's nothing out of the ordinary. No, and. You know, I, I'm sure the BDSM community has something to say about that. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I was thinking to myself, what if they're just like, yeah, no, this is how it is. Like, everyone kind of thinks that we're you know weirdos, but yeah, we just kind of like we all have a sex dungeon. That's normal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, pool table that we fucked on. Yeah, that's you, there's like stages, right? First the pool table, yeah. then you graduate to the sex dungeon. It, I don't know because I'm not I'm not into that. But if if you are, reach out to us and let us know. Yeah, this is normal, or no, this has nothing to do with what we're about. Yeah, I think that's yeah. If you're listening to this and you're either a person that's into BDSM uh, or a woman that finds this the books sexy or these movies sexy, I would just really like to know what's up. Like, why? What is it about these books? Because, like, there's, you know, there's so many erotic books, you know, the, the romance novels. And those I get. Like, oh, man, the the, the farmhands is taking me in the barn. That's, <laughs> you know, this yeah. rippling, ab, rippling abs. I get that. I see the appeal of that. This is just a guy that's got a lot of money and nothing really else going for him. Yeah. And he, he's the world's most boring billionaire. And he's obviously just not a good person. <laughs> he's, he's possessive. Yeah. It's like everything he says that's out of his mouth is like, oh, yeah, you're not nice. You're not a good person. Why would I want to fuck you? And, and, I don't know. And again, I don't know what it is. It just it leads me to believe that she uh, she wants the money. Right. And also, if you fuck with your pants on. Also, what's that about? Yeah, let us know if you do that. <laughs> we we got to talk. Yeah. Is that our new Twitter poll? Fucking pants on or off? I, yeah. So we'll put the movies, like, rate, you know, vote for the movie you want us to cover for the, the last month of the podcast, of the, uh, of the, the last podcast of the month. 
then put the fucking pants or no pants. <laughs> I'm I am team no pants. That's just me. Yeah, all <laughs> all the time. I yeah. I couldn't do it. It's too uncomfortable. Yeah, well, you need to be comfortable, yeah. right? That's the whole point yeah, of fucking. I'm clumsy as it is. Yeah. I don't need another thing getting in my. Oh yeah, exactly. And it, and again, you don't want to ruin your pants. I like my pants. <laughs> I don't own. Too. I don't own like a ton of pants. So. <laughs> yeah uh that's it that's it for 50 shades darker what a piece of shit i don't get it if if you like Uh, this movie that i feel bad for you yeah but uh that's it that's our episode check out all our socials you hear them after this next week we've got another episode coming up sure it's gonna be a great one um so that's gonna wrap it up so the director of Fifty Shades Darker is James Foley. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Lavecchio telling James Foley, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Thanks for listening to They Called Us a Movie. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TicTampod. That's T-C-T-A-M-Pod. You can also check us out on TikTok at They Called Us a Movie.